It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're diving into some Star Wars rumors. Mm, rumor mill. Rumor mill. Yeah, Star Wars, is it, is it on a high? Are we are we on a high note in Star Wars right now? It ebbs and, and flows, ca- right? So Cautiously optimistic. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And Andor really, really um, turned the boat for the... I guess three, that, would that be the best of the three shows last year? Yeah, so. It, it's so good. It can, like, undo, like, uh, an entire film franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worth of, like, multi-billion dollar movies. Yeah. I, I mean, couple that with The Mandalorian, but, you know, Boba Fett was just kind of like, you know. I didn't see a single grain of sand in that show, Mike. That, that's <laughs> that's the best part. Um, moving on, the DCU is getting more gun projects. Pew, pew, pew. We're going to talk about <laughs> What that means, my favorite movie trailer of the week, Nicolas Cage turns into Dracula. Mm. It's also the only movie trailer of the week. No, there were two. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the other, but there are two horror movie trailers this week and more. Yes, uh, Chris is quite the trooper. <laughs> if you remember from last week, we said that he was running off to the uh, fanciful world of Las Vegas, which is actually a little bit of a misnomer. I saw on like uh, a TikTok video on my feed the other day mm-hmm. that technically where you went was not Vegas. You were technically in, I think it's called like Paradise, Nevada or something like that. The rules are different. If, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, because if they're associated with the city of Vegas, they have to like pay taxes. So what we all know as Vegas in the Strip is technically like Paradise, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense and is pretty funny. But anyway, you were in Vegas. You were on the show floor for the Consumer Electronics Show. Yes. And three, I heard three from, days worth. God damn, I'll tell you. Yes, through it, the media and the grapevine that it was like it was like a big return for CBS. Yeah. I guess the the convention was kind of languishing a little bit before the pandemic. Well, the pandemic shut it down, and I, now it's it's back in full force. So you know, this was a work trip, not not a personal trip. So I'll, I will tell you, the first day I had to go to like all the booths I wouldn't normally go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are. Uh, you know, Shenzhen, China is where they make all the electronics, right? That's like the big iPhone electronics mm-hmm. factory of China. Every, like, I, there's probably 50 plus booths with Shenzhen in, in, like, the front of their names. And, like, they sell, like, just, like, they're, like, the companies that make the wireless coils, right, in the wireless charger. Like, they're not selling the charger. They're selling the coils, right? Like, you partner with mm-hmm. them, like, pieces. So, like, don't be fooled by the Sony stuff. That that place is, that's another building. That's cool as hell. That's that's your Hall H of a CES, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, like, there is, like, a whole show floor of, like, new products. You know, we, me and Mike were talking, there's home automation. There are faucets. There are smart toilets. You need to, you need to pee in them. It'll tell you how dehydrated you are kind of thing. Uh, there's parts. Uh, there's uh, There was a really cool robotics building this year, like a whole floor dedicated to AI and robotics. Um, and they were like putting these robots in, um, what are the, those big dump trucks that, that, you know, they're like three stories tall, like, right. You see them on the big construction things, like mm-hmm. completely driven by AI. It is absolutely wild, but CES, um, was fun. And there are some things, you know, show related, I will say, um, LG TVs, uh, LG, not a brand I would think of normally, right. When I'm looking at TVs, their presence there, um, 
was phenomenal. Like, I think better than probably uh, Samsung TVs, anyone else who makes TV presents. Hisense was pretty good, too. Uh, but they're making uh, cordless TVs. And this is the silly part, because, you know, when you think of cordless TV, what's the only cord in your TV right now, Mike? Uh, I mean... The, I the, required, the, re- the required one is a... Uh, power power cord. cord right most people are just using the smart tv functions right you know at home mm-hmm. like you're not plugging your apple tv in to watch something so these are like you know living room tvs but they've got it so they have a box that sits by the tv you plug it into and the only cord you have to run for the tv is the power cord now um supposedly low latency that was really cool transparent oled tvs are really really fun like you can see through them like that's very few that's very futuristic yeah absolutely uh you know of course a bunch of gaming curve monitors sony i tried really hard to get into the playstation vr2 demo booths but they were booked Mm -hmm. up instantly um Mm -hmm. i did get to see it it looks really cool but you know it still has that big nagging feature that i i i I dislike making that's the cord that runs down the back of your head to the to, Mm -hmm. to the to the the thing uh, Sony TVs were pretty fun. Um, I'm actually, you know, we, we've talked about this in my house. I have, a, I have a projector on the ceiling. Uh, big push for laser projectors, the ones that sit in front of the wall and project upwards. Uh, mm-hmm. Huge, huge cool stuff like that. Uh, I, I'm still going through my, I had to put, put a bunch of photos in, into a, a, a presentation for work uh, before I got back. But, like, I'm going through, so I got all the fun ones. I met Gary Stern. And if I said Gary Stern, would you know who that is? No, I would not. The... <laughs> owner and creator of stern pinball like the actual like the physical pinball machine oh my gosh you must have been ecstatic (laughs) i was like i didn't know there was a guy behind this like i I, he was he apparently um makes them in chicago i didn't know that so um yeah there's there's stuff for everybody there and i'm gonna i'm gonna go through that um yeah and you you, you've seen like the highlight updates i haven't even got online yet to see the you know the panel coverage and presentations It's funny, this is like the reverse of the times when I would go to San Diego Comic-Con and then you would be at home on your computer getting the nice digested (laughs) content of videos and um, photographs. And this was like the flip side. Like I've seen like all of these like high light reels for all of these little doodads and gadgets and you're on the floor like sweating your ass off just trying to get around the convention center. I wanted to ask you, because I'm always interested in like vibe and scale of these things so since you've been to san diego comic-con now yeah you go to the convention center in chicago every year you've been to smaller cons uh it scale size and vibe wise where does kind of like ces fit into that the, like uh rank absolutely this is san diego comic-con size if not bigger um now comic-con has a lot of what they call activations right like outside mm-hmm. booths and panels and i sent you a picture google built a house outside they had some of those here but the size and scale, like this convention center is so big, there's a tunnel underneath the building where you get in a Tesla and it takes you from one end of a building to the other build, end of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only one, or it's only two buildings. There's another one in a hotel called the Venetian, which is the like one of the bigger f- show floors. So this is like, you know, three miles of show floor um, mm-hmm. that I had, that, that we covered. And I will tell you, it is just, it, it's way bigger than, than I think, I, I think it's bigger than San Diego from my, my memory. Um, but you know, Sandy Comic Con is a niche audience, right? Uh, electronics, you know, this is worldwide. I, like you, you said that they, this is bigger. This is pre-pandemic numbers of attendees here, and I think it's because of the the I guess 
the opening up of travel from international countries, specifically the mm-hmm. Asian countries. A lot, lot of people, different cultures, a lot of people watching, not only because I'm in Vegas, but only because of the show. Uh, like, literally everybody from everywhere was there. And it, it was really, it was really cool. But I think it's bigger than CES, if I'm going to be completely honest at the end of the day. Um, you mean bigger than Comic-Con? CES oh, yeah, 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 Comic-Con, Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this video. I took a video. LG has these. It was I think two, maybe two, maybe three stories tall of curved TVs that was show, like all mm. built together. It was like maybe you know, uh, you know, hundred feet wide, and this, and you walk through the middle of them, but like just curved TVs showing videos all over the place. Did I, did I send you the video of that? The curved TV, maybe? Uh, no, I, okay. s- I saw a video of a of a wall which that had like cutouts in it. Yeah, that had was all TVs. Yeah, well, no, that's not that one. That one, this one, that actually like on the floor, not hanging up in the air. You're gonna love it. But like it's it's just fantastic, and now I'm kind of looking up here. I got some articles pulled up here, you know, Acara, um, you know, Anchor companies that are starting to get into ev- like this technology has become cheaper over the past few years, right? Like, I I can only think of maybe people I grew up like my town I grew up in not having smart doorbells, right? Like mm-hmm. like a lot of people like I believe you're you're you have one I think yeah your name I don't yeah, know yeah yeah we got some smart devices up in here yeah so like everything's getting s- smarter and more affordable with the launch of matter and, and this isn't for the show but you know you've heard of HomeKit you've heard of Z-Wave Zigbee everything this, this communication it's everyone's been proprietary they all reached an agreement we're going to move towards a system called matter which makes things faster and work together for the first time ever so like you know I I've, I've complained to you I had a Google Nest. I had, um, you know, stuff that works with Google, stuff that works with Amazon, stuff that works with Apple, and none of, I had to build my own computer to make them talk. Um, <laughs> but now it just works out of the box like that. And I think that's going to be a big thing about seeing some of the stuff, you know, the, a lot of the stuff you don't see in three to five years, but in, in consumer link, but it was really, really fun to be there. And I just love the experience. So um, I will 100% be posting the cool photos because uh, I, I thought, I thought some of that stuff was just cool as hell. I even, um, yeah, I think the the I sent you the photo of the the PlayStation Two VRs. They were doing the Horizon Forbidden West demo. Uh, mm-hmm. The controllers are really cool to see. You know, the the curved ones that measure your fingers and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing before before we'll we'll jump into what you've been watching. Um, Glassesless 3D. James Cameron's dream was <laughs> was was in monitors and and actually Microsoft had a laptop with glassesless 3D built into it. And yeah, that's. That's like wild to me because the only time I've ever experienced something 3D that was glassesless, you know, just besides the you know the objects in front of me, like yeah, yeah. books and these things on real my life, desk, yeah, is like the yeah the Nintendo DS, mm-hmm. which was a very was a very specific screen, was very intelligently designed because they knew it was a small screen that they could predict the viewing angle for the most part, mm-hmm. and then also the human holding it could also adjust it as well very yeah. easily. It had the slider, and you could you could change it, you know, right, kind of kind of right then and there. Um, you could even turn it mm-hmm. off if you wanted to, right? Like I had a, I have a yeah. 3ds, I I always left it off. Um, so how this works is there's literally two cameras inside the the bezel of the monitor and the the laptop. One, then they're scanning your eyes. So they're actually watching where your eyes are looking to create the, the two different views for each eye. Um, yeah, so, that's wild. And, and, and literally, like, these were demos, so you had to sit still and, and do the specific things, right? Because, you know, real world is different. Microsoft's laptop was not. You could do whatever you wanted with it. But, like, I don't see 3D. So for me, it was wild to, to experience this. In, in the glassesless variety, I was like, "Oh, I'm getting a little motions, like real." I got motion sick real fast. 
Uh, but the laptop one was really cool because it wasn't moving very fast. And, you know, I think they might have been playing, like, Fable or some sort of video game on it even, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fun. So I, I, I'm, I was very impressed to see two working examples of that technology in there. Um, and then the last thing actually is actually related to the show. They had a cab, a knock at the cabin experience on the show floor with Hisense. Oh, so they actually the built the cabin. Dave Batista. Yeah. He, he, he's so mad about being Drax that he's decided to go, <laughs> um, be in horror movies. No, but like, um, that line for that was huge. So I didn't get to go in it, but it was really cool to see the cabin there. Right. With like the, the sign and like, they were like, Hey, you, we want you to, to see this. So like when you walk in, I can see through the, the they had like big panels to make, it looked like there's like more in the cabin than, than there really is. So, um, very cool. CES is 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 my jam. That's my hobbies. That's where, you know, I, I geek out over tech. Mike, you know this, right? Like, I mean, you mm-hmm. you I, I I brought my Steam Deck with me on the plane. I was very excited to see Steam Deck tech make make it in there. <laughs> um, the biggest thing I will say, um, and, and this is finally the last thing. What I saw more than anything else on the show floor are smaller companies building speakers with LED lights in them. Like you know, oh, like okay. like you go and buy like a speaker with LED lights. Like they have the ones that are like, oh, this is for your backyard, and it's like three foot tall. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of booths making and selling these, like of all shapes and sizes, and that became the running joke with uh, my coworker. I'm like, here's an idea. Why don't we put lights <laughs> in the speakers? He's like, I've never seen hey. that before. Hey, the the people are starting to come back together after this uh, pandemic, yeah. right? And they want a party, so they need a speaker yeah. and they need lights to encourage them to dance. Exactly. So this makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think it's what has to come down like patent. Like when patents expire, everything can be made cheaper, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So I think the LEDs and speaker patents expired finally, and everyone's like, I'm making oh, those. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, see, yes, if anyone has any questions, want to talk I, again, like I will be posting videos and photos of this because it was just wild to be to be there and, and, and you know, get the, the hype of a show for. But um, you finally got to cut up on a movie I watched. I watched this last year um, when, it, when it came out, um, and that's Bullet Train. So you you gotta yeah. watch it. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to kind of hear what hear what you talk about this because I it, this is like one of those movies what, quote unquote with legs. It seems like everyone's finally catching up to it right now. Is it on streaming? Yeah, I think it's because it landed on Netflix uh, okay. somewhat recently. Uh, I don't know if it's still in Netflix top ten, but I know for certain I've seen it in there at least once. Right, this is one of those movies that came out. I think early summer. I feel like this definitely had like a June oh. or July release date. Right. No, this was um, this was fall. Um, oh really? Yep. Let me. Um, I'm pulling it up here. Why does IMDb not tell me when it's released? Out the game. Anyway, <laughs> but keep was, going. Yeah. Yeah. It was this film that had a huge movie star in it, Brad Pitt. Right. A high mm-hmm. concept action film, and if you dug a little bit deeper, you could see um, the director was the same director as Deadpool two. Deadpool two and John. Yeah, yeah. The first John Wick and Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it had all of the right ingredients in it. It was an original idea, you know, in quotes. I had no idea if this was adapted off of, like, a graphic novel or a short story or whatever. But for all intents and purposes, it seemed to be original. It's a book. Uh, It's based on a a book, yeah. 
Yeah, so a little breath of uh, fresh air in the cinema when it comes to franchises. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So uh, this is one of those where you see the trailer and you go, oh, I have to see this in, th- in theaters. This seems like a spectacle. But, of course, life gets in the way. Didn't see it in theaters. But got a chance to catch it on Netflix, and it was really, really fun. Uh, I would say the strongest part of this film of is just Brad Pitt and his character in general. Mm-hmm. He's just like this really fun idea of, like, what if, like, a hitman, like, kind of was – being a little bit more introspective, maybe wanted a change of life, but, you know, still have one job that they have to do. He kind of reminds me of Samuel L. Jackson at the end of Pulp Fiction, right? When he's like, he's like, I normally I would just shoot you, but I'm trying not to shoot you, right? It's like the whole time he's like, I'm, I'm trying not to be an assassin, even though that's my job, uh, and, and talking, yeah. talking it out with everybody. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, it's just a really fun, unique uh, character. Uh, this Guy Ritchie film, right? Feels Wait, just no, not no, Guy Ritchie. David Lynch, but no. it feels like a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely does, which is funny because I have another film to talk about with Guy Ritchie involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just a fun movie. Yeah. It's about two hours long. It'll 100% keep your attention. Mm-hmm. I would say the only flaws that it may have is sometimes it's a little too slick. It's a little too... Uh, in into yeah. itself i guess is just a weird way to describe it um I, i'm kind of like a stickler i have like a pet peeve for when um filmmakers put text on the screen mm-hmm. i'm not talking like necessarily when you change locations or you're showing the time but like you know every time a new character is introduced bam freeze frame like splash screen yeah, like, but like I, the man or something this is, like that it's like yeah I, I don't i don't i don't need the help you know well, i but, know i i can see yeah well i think to me it's the style right like that's literally what guy Ritchie did like you know in his old like like lock stock and um you know snatch mm-hmm. like that's what he would do with those like highlight to me i i would say my I, um number one i love bad bunny in this um as as the um oh, the assassin yeah. so like, like mm-hmm. whenever we were talking about him being el muerto uh, mm-hmm. and i'm like i can see this like he 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 is He's got that intensity in his face, but like you're not taking him seriously. Like he's a yeah. fun intensity. Um, yeah, he does have he does have quite a presence. And um, the I would say I was having such a good time that by the time you get to the third act, kind of like yeah. spectacle, uh, the CG uh, completely falls apart yeah. and it kind of goes back in time a decade. But I was just like, I'm still having a good time. Yeah. yeah, I'm seeing, you know, our character like kind of like walk away in the sunset, and I can 100% tell they're just, you know, in a warehouse in front of a blue screen. Yeah. But, you know, overall, it was still a good time. And yeah. if the price of admission is just your Netflix subscription, this is an easy yeah. recommendation. Oh, absolutely. And I, I agree with that. Like, when I, I caught it, came out in August, by the way. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, late summer, early End fall. Of the summer, yeah. yeah. Like, um, but I, I agree. Uh, to me, I think my biggest complaint would be that there's too many characters. Um, like I'm looking at the poster here, it looks like there's you know three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten main character po- like in the in this. I'm like, that's a lot of people to f- like keep track of in this sometimes. And I was like, so like by the end, like you're meeting more and more, and like, okay, are we done introducing characters at the end of the movie? But yeah, I, yeah, I shouldn't forget uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yep, as you may know as uh, Quicksilver from Age of Ultron. Yeah, Craven the Hunter. <laughs> oh, Craven the Hunter, yeah. And Kick-Ass, yeah. He is phenomenal mm-hmm. in this movie. Like, he looks slick. He makes me want to grow a mustache. Yeah. And his, he's, like, not necessarily being a comedic role, but, like, just the way he's, like, delivering his performance is just, it's so yeah. infectious. And, so, like, yeah. And, and what, there's, defi- there's tons of stuff to love in yep, this movie. And, and Brian Tyree Henry, his brother, was, uh, you know, in, in um, Eternals. As fastos, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, those right. those guys had great, like you know, 
chemistry between everybody. So I ab- yeah. absolutely agree with you on that one. When it comes to the superhero franchises, we can always bring it back around. Yeah. But to keep it in the realm of Netflix, we finished watching uh, the big hit series Wednesday from the Adams Family, I guess, franchise. And this was this was a fun this was a fun watch. It was a quick binge for us, just on the couch over New Year's weekend. Um, this squarely falls into the realm of like Riverdale style fandom. It very much leans into the teenage drama. So if that's your thing, if that's something that you can get into, which me and my wife often do, uh, this is an easy recommendation. Uh, the best part of this show, though, is uh, your protagonist Wednesday Adams. She's just like so. She's just so checked out. She's so. Um, she's she's just so maligned to everything in life that like the way she reacts to situations is just so fun, right? Because you know if you take kind of like your normal protagonist and you put them in certain situations, it can kind of be predictable how they'll react, and it's more of a question of just like, oh, I wonder how they'll get out of this one. I know they'll, how they'll feel, but how will they weasel their way out of it? With Wednesday Adams, you'll, for example, kidnap her, and she's not scared at all. Mm-hmm. She'll actually criticize you for not doing a very good job kidnapping her, and then she'll say you're giving kidnappers um, a bad name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she'll also just enjoy the torture in a way, too. So it's fun. It's almost like she has like a superpower in a way of like there's no way that you can like really scare her or knock her off her game. And then yeah. – um, it's weird. This is this whole show is like written and directed. Well, I don't know written, but it's definitely directed and created by Tim Burton. But I feel like he almost kind of like dials the Tim Burton esque ness like back a little bit. So um, really, you get a lot of his flavor and touch when it kind of just comes to the world in general. So some fanciful things that kind of really don't make sense and the basis of reality will happen but then you have to kind of remember like oh well this is the adams family it's kind of based in a cartoony sense anyway so, and then you have tim burton let, at it so let, let me let me go ahead filters running let me go ahead and play back tim burton did nothing with this other than ep it um this is by the guy who did smallville i thought you were gonna bring that up go go and miller were the guys who created who are created and, and like wrote this show and they did all the oh. smallville stuff well, is it just uh, Tim Burton doing his normal uh, just EP. taking credit for something yeah. he didn't really do? Yep, yeah. He, well, he, I mean, he brought the you know was it the Adams family back into like the the zeitgeist. Did he do the movies right? Um, from from like the the eighties or uh, 90s? no? No, he he didn't do those. Oh. I mean, well, th- so this is a little bit of a different. So you know, when you look at like executive producer from like a film perspective, you know, you can kind of assume that maybe yeah. they were just there in name only, but. EP on a series can well, be a little different. We, he could have been more involved, but um, no, there's like yeah, 20 but, EPs. I mean, to to me, again, I, I know his name was like Tim Burton Productions Company mm-hmm. or whatever, but like, yeah, Go and Miller were the 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 big dudes in this, like yeah. the small. So when you mentioned teen drama, I thought that's what you were going to get to because I know you've been you you watched a uh, lot of well, Smallville. Well, I'll correct myself, and that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe why it doesn't have a lot of those Tim Burtonisms. Oh yeah, I'm looking at the poster right now. It says from the imagination of Tim Burton. Man, he's just been laundering his name for his entire career, yeah. hasn't he? Uh, okay. But anyway, yeah. it's it's a fun show. Uh, the 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 murder mystery kind of that um, 
uh, weaves its way through the season can be a little predictable at times, but overall it's fun. But if you are a person sitting there right now listening and then you're, you're just kind of like not into teenage like dramas, you don't really get whipped up in a lot of that type of thing, I could see this show not working for you. But I had fun and it was just renewed for a second season, yes. unsurprisingly. I mean, this thing has been in like the top three for Netflix for like weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about it, raving about it. Um, Probably cheaper uh, to make I, than, than the Sandman, so that's why it got a yeah, little quicker. Yeah, it's basic. It's basically just one set, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the set is just, you know, they do the wide establishing shot, and it's just a, you know, a 3D landscape bolted on the back of, like, an old Gothic church or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was great. So give Wednesday a watch. And then this this last one here is a little ironic, considering, uh, what did I say last week on the show? Uh, a little harsh about Henry Cavill. Um, I was tired of looking at his face. And then you watched a movie uh, with him. <laughs> Minute, yeah. <laughs> yes, apologies, but I did watch uh, the Man from Uncle, which was on well, HBO so Max. The other part of this is it's a, a co-starring Army Hammer, who was blacklisted from Hollywood for his, you know, being a cannibal and wanting yeah, to, harassing so women over that stuff. So yeah, yeah. One day I might actually look into the Army Hammer uh, drama, but this is the first time I think I'd really seen Army Hammer in a movie in a long time, and mm-hmm. then alongside of this man that I was just uh, saying I was tired of hearing about in the press. But The Man from Uncle is fun. Yeah, this is a really fun movie. I didn't know it was based on like a, a TV like show, nineteen sixties TV show. So, but it's it's just great, and it's like I feel like Guy yeah. Ritchie. Uh, at his best where everything's like working all of his fun quips and like buddy copness is just really firing correctly on all cylinders sometimes i feel like i'll watch a guy Ritchie movie and i'll just be like this is just this is just a little this it's is a, it's samey it's a, well this is like the least samey of his films for a while right um because i watched this um when this came out this was seven eight years ago now maybe yeah it's uh, been a minute uh i, I saw the drive-in this is, i saw this at a drive-in theater um and it was it was really cool to see it because this kind of to me led, um, uh, what's his name the, uh, the the actor we just talked about here, um, Henry Cavill Henry to Cavill. get his, um, Mission Impossible uh, role, mm. because like you know show that he can do like the spy stuff right like he he could easily be the spy now is he the is he the American spy. Yeah, he's the uh, the uh, thief turned CIA agent, and Army Hammer is the um, the Russian KGB yeah. agent. And uh, the buddy copness between them is great. And then you have the the third American spy uh, uh, female protagonist in between them the whole time, mm. and it's just great. It's a fun time. I love the nineteen sixties aesthetic. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's so much easier to make like action thriller spy stuff when you can downgrade the technology because it's just more physical, more manual. You know, if you want to stop a tracer, you know, you throw it in a cup of coffee or you stomp on it. Whereas like now, you know, the drone's following you around, right? Unless you have a rocket launcher, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not you're not losing that tail. So yeah, it was a fun movie, easy to recommend. And it's, it's sad because at the very end, they set it up for like a sequel franchise and it just never comes. I don't know if that's because of Army Hammer or if it was like poor box office returns, but uh, this, this was fun. Man from yeah. Uncle was great. I- Go get, go give it a watch. Yeah, I think I think it, it didn't do very well. Um, I think at the box office, I think it's like a, just pull up here. Worldwide total of 110 million on a budget of 75. Um, so it didn't really make a lot. But I agree, it was a yeah, good time, I, right? Like it's nothing. I, I regret watching. I don't remember a lot of it, you know, after seven years. But you know, it, it was very like to me, spy versus spy kind of thing, right? Like they were always trying to get at each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think the title helped. 
I understand that it's a pre-existing franchise, right? But the people out there in the world that know the reference is not going to be the lion's share of your box office, right? So I feel like it almost would have been better even to like, you know, um, uh, Zuckerberg it a little bit and maybe just call it Uncle and well, maybe remove the the periods from the did, acronym. Maybe that would be a little like spicier and digestible. Did, they don't even call it Uncle until the end, right? Don't they create yeah, the organization? Exactly. Yeah. And I don't even know what it stands for. I don't know like I don't understand what the acronym. I'm sure you can break it down to fun spy words, right? But like I don't know what it means. It was just yeah, it was like the last thing said before. United um, Network Command for Law and Enforcement. So someone literally yeah. took Uncle and then backfilled it. Yeah, but uh, oh. who knows? Maybe Maybe this could be a franchise that could be reignited, like on a streaming service. I could see Amazon Prime uh, trying to turn this into mm-hmm. a streaming series. Yeah. They're, they're always into well, that. Um, that yeah, John Krasinski's stuff. spy show just ended, right? Wasn't that the last season of? Not his isn't Jack Reacher. His uh, is John Ryan, Jack Ryan, or whatever. Yeah, what was it? Oh, I'll have to catch up on that. We we've seen the first two seasons. Yeah, the third one dropped. I think it's the last one. I, I could be wrong, but you know it. it Amazon's always throwing money at something uh, unique, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I Warhammer that. Yeah. next for uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. But yeah, three easy recommendations. All you need is uh, Netflix and HBO Max, and you can recreate uh, my week last week, which mm-hmm. was Bullet Train Wednesday and Man from Uncle. There you Give go. Watch easy recommendations. Yeah. Chris says buy your next plane ticket, head to Vegas. Oh, and don't. I know the convention's not there anymore, but I'm sure there's stuff you can do. Yeah, I, I, it's. Uh, my, my my feet were so sore by the end of this, uh, so I, was, I didn't get to go out and do much. I did, um, I did eat eat in different. Like I tried to try like the, you know they had the different country kind of things there. So like we went to like quote unquote New York and stuff like that. But yeah, Vegas is different. Anyway, let's jump into news because uh, you know that's what we that's what we're here for. <laughs> news for thirty minutes in the show. Uh, so first and foremost, it's a short week, right? Um, not a lot going on, but Avatar: The Way of Water. It is broken even this week, is what we've been told from uh, the box office. Uh, or we'll be breaking soon based on James Cameron. So that means that he's going to have to make those sequels, Mike. We're, we're going to get the <laughs> other ones. Um, it's been wild to see James Cameron so transparent about financials, right? You never see this from directors, right? You know, I know The Rock was kind of talking uh, a little bit about the performance of Black Adam, but that was almost like he had to to prove that he was like still tough in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that's an outlier. You never see directors like out in front talking about the performance of their movie. Like they'll bring up maybe abstract things like, oh, we're doing well or we broke, you know, so and so record or whatever but james cameron's like no 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 my movie's not even out but i'm telling you i have to reach x in order to do y and i'll let you know when we get there so i kind of like the transparency that he's just like oh yeah don't remember everybody this is art but it's also a business so i don't get to make more art unless the business goes well mm-hmm. so yeah so it is now the seventh highest grossing movie ever um it's good for its outperforming projections uh, the biggest thing I would say for this movie is, and if you look it up, Mike, the the a large a large chunk of this is uh, the China box office, which is twice the the in, the mm-hmm. gross of like most other um, countries. I think maybe not, not us. Not but, not surprising either. Yeah. I think we kind of all expected that a little bit. Yeah, and then it's like the first movie in a while to get released over there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I. I I don't know. Again, no competition coming up, right? I don't think the movie Megan did any dent against this this weekend. Uh, probably not, but I did see Megan did do well yep. for itself. Yep. So a good performance for Blumhouse it, on that. But yeah, it's not cutting into Avatar all that much, you know. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it's still going. It's 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 out there, and uh, you know more 
more article, you know, as Avatar, you know, keeps getting to be taking all the, the headlines. Um, a lot of people are still rumor like, oh, the next movie is going to be about, uh, you know, a Fire Nation kind of thing or like, you know, Fire Navi or uh, something like that. So um, if anything comes out of this truthfully, we will let you guys know. But um, I'm, I'm very interested to to hear I guess they kind of say a release date sooner or later, right? They're going to be like, hey, we're, we're going to actually give you a, a, a hard line in the sand for the next movie for this. Because all these producers, yeah. all the people making money on this got to be thrilled. they got to be so happy right now. You know, mm-hmm. starting the new year off with like, this this movie's like the biggest movie of 2022, topping Top Gun even. So, yeah. Um, and, and of course, you got to think that also with this franchise, like, count the merchandise sales you know all of the additional things that go with it i'm sure it's going to have a really big splash on disney plus too Mm -hmm. you know imagine a lot of like the casual people out there that don't want to get to the theater that are like yeah i'll think i'll i'll reignite my disney plus subscription so i can watch the new avatar is is avatar one on disney plus i think we looked this up yes it It is is. yeah Yeah. that's where i uh rewatched it was on disney plus yeah okay perfect so yeah it, it is on there so yeah they'll probably They'll probably do this. This probably won't be a 45-day window, Mike. This will probably be... They're going to milk this one for a while before it hits there. But mm-hmm. I still want the 4K re-release of the original. I want to see that. Let's 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 see that re-release of the original. Uh, moving on to other things that are on Disney Plus. Star Wars movies. You know, if you want to go watch Star Wars movies, the classic ones, the newer ones, the ones that, you know, from the the 2000s that you know don't look bad now in hindsight because we got worse ones later um uh they're uh they're on there but the biggest rumor this week damon lindelof um is uh working on a star wars film and his is apparently the closest to launching and could be in pre-production now for an april actual production launch which is wild yeah this is this is strange so before we even get to like the uh the the rumor uh swirling this in general I would say it, I'm curious what the strategy here is. We got a lot of filmmakers out there in the world floating with mm-hmm. these potential Star Wars movies, right? We got Patty Jenkins, Damon Lindelof, uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, as, as Kevin Feige's movie still kind of yeah, yeah, in it, the works, possibly. Yeah, we yeah, uh, yeah. No one no one has been taken off the list, and you know, honestly, we thought Patty Jenkins was, but that movie was put back on there with her most recent announcement, even. Right? Yeah. So, and then we got Ryan Johnson as well. Um, yeah, his trilogy. Yep. Yeah, so that's like five potential filmmakers. Like, I'm just curious how this all coalesced, right? Because the single biggest flaw in the the recent trilogy that there was no advanced forethought, no one mm-hmm. knew where it was going to go or how it should connect, right? They, they knew they were doing you... three, but they didn't have a game plan for all three when they said that, and that that, that really came out, you know, and showed yeah, at the end of the day. Exactly. So, are they just going to approach like kind of a Disney Plus strategy, but just a big screen release where it's like just make whatever you want and whatever timeline, whatever you feel like works, will make it. Uh, I mean, I guess go ahead and do that if you want, but at least one of these filmmakers, please create me uh, just a thoughtful. Uh, trilogy of movies that I can stick myself to. So, I mean, we got a pretty good shot. I mean, one out of five, one of them's got to nail it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming Taika Waititi's movie is going to be uh, funny. Uh, Pro- probably, well, I guess the thing is, you know, there's, you know, the idea with Disney Plus is there's, and, and even, you know, the, the popular Rogue One, right, Solo, there's spinoff movies they could do, right, like, that aren't mainline, you know, moving the universe forward movies. Uh, and then this one seems to be the movie moving the universe forward is is my concern. I think we both agree with like there's no plan. Like if, like what do you do after this? You know, you, um, 
is there are you doing a trilogy are you just gonna do one wait another wait another wait because you know maybe maybe time is the the benefit if, for these movies if i was if i was one of these filmmakers i feel like i would want to stand out and i would go so far back in time in star wars mm-hmm. like and i'm not even super familiar with knights of the old republic but like go so far back i want to see like the very first lightsaber invented yeah. Right, I think that would be fun. Like, who is the Jedi that you know kind of made the realization that to harness that, this into like a hilt? The, well, see, and 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 that would be kind of where I would imagine if I was going to play like the Kevin Feige trilogy would be, or or Ryan or not trilogy movie or Ryan Johnson's trilogy, right? Like, maybe maybe the his trilogy is the tales of the the original Jedi versus Sith, how it started, how it was created, why are they fighting the light and the dark side, you know. What, what happened there? Because I, I think if you try to do that in one movie, it might be a little fast. But like you said, you want to see the starts, right? The origins of everything. And none of that really affects the the later movies. It, it, like, you, you know, you're not... You don't have to end the movie with, a, you know, um, Anakin Skywalker being born from the Force, right? You're thousands, millions of years ago. Um, but, you know, moving forward, you know, the big rumor here, and, and this is, you know, what we were kind of talking about, is that... Um, this is going to be kind of focused on possibly a, a Finn, uh, not focus movie, but he will be a main character in this. So taking, you know, Ray Finn Poe and moving forward. Now we know the, the actor, um, who played Finn, John Boy kind of wasn't happy with what they did with his character. Right. And I would agree. Like they really kind of teased him being like yeah. a force sensitive kind of, like he was rightfully he was rightfully salty after yeah. that trilogy concluded and he was not quiet about it either. You yeah. could go out there and see interviews and his kind of general opinion of how he felt like his character was treated in Star Wars. I think he was maybe even like either retweeting or liking like fans like theories of what the character like should have done or maybe one of those things where you know you're sharing like a uh, fan art of what the character mm-hmm. should have been doing so he left on a salty note so maybe this is a, a possible way of just like oh redemption right you know he's had a cool off period let's bring the character back and give it kind of what it deserved because finn was a great character with a lot of nuance right i mean really the most interesting backstory of becoming a stormtrooper and then, you know, abandoning ship. Well, they didn't even touch on his actual, like, you know, he was kidnapped and that's all we knew, right? Like, what what else was there? Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, there's, and there's a lot to unpack there as well, you know, how does that affect you as a person, but just not enough time spent in that trilogy and even concluding his story as well. Uh, but yeah, the more like, like we all know how I feel about the trilogy, but I have a, I feel like I have a new thing I don't like about the trilogy now because when I was, uh, creating our, our image for the, for this week's episode of the podcast, I had to go back and do some, uh, uh, new trilogy research, right? What do I want in this thumbnail? I'll get some Uh pictures of John Boyega, you know, throw some, uh. Rise of Skywalker stuff in here, maybe. And then I came back to the Star Killer base, right? The Star Killer base yep. that is the biggest uh, Death Star that's ever existed. I saw a comparison photo, right, that puts like the Death Star one and the Death Star two next to the Star Killer base, and it's like literally like planet compared to well, Moon, right? Well, because um, you know, and- well, so here, here's a fun fact: if for anyone who doesn't know or wants to know the history of Star Killer base, play the Last Jedi. I'm going to just tell you that right now. I know you haven't finished it, Mike, but you will learn so much about Starkiller Base in The Last Jedi. Or not Last Jedi, um, The Fallen Order. Or what's that, Fallen Order? Je- La- 
<laughs> There's so many Star Wars properties. Tra- who can keep track of all? What of is the this? the Star Wars game that is based on the Souls stuff? So yes, Fallen with Order the red, with with the redheaded kid yeah, with with, with yeah. the Joker from Gotham. Yes. So that yes. that that video game tells you about Starkiller Base, which yeah. is a planet. Yeah. So inherently, the existence of the Starkiller Base is it's not what's giving yeah. me ire, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm saying that that's a fun little fact, but yes. Yeah. It's when I was looking up images of it, right? And it, you know, its laser shoots off, and then it like it's destroying planets across the night sky, right? Mm-hmm. Like just genocide, spectacular genocide up in the sky, exploding, and it doesn't even seem to really affect people throughout the trilogy, right? Yeah, it motivates them to, like, stop the Empire or whatever the hell they're called in this movie, right? But, like, nobody really seems to be calculating the just the catastrophic loss of life, right? Whereas, like, we had just watched Andor, right? Where if one old man dies in a prison cell, like, these people are unchanged for the rest of their lives, compared to like you know seeing planets explode so it's just i've never seen quite such a dichotomy there right uh, with well, uh, the, stakes and scale as compared to like you know andor yeah. in a prison and then star killer well, the, destroying <laughs> half a solar system it, well my, my again i think this goes back to my initial issues with um the force awakens is, is it's literally a retelling of a new hope um so like because we've seen a death star one and a death star two was this like is this your big weapon for the first movie or should they have saved like you know nobody had a plan right you, you we mentioned it. this the, the this doing this this planet nobody had a plan of how they were going to go forward and that's why you know the the actual stakes were lost so i i agree in, entirely on that um but what what i if we move this forward i don't want another empire or, or you know first order empire light right i think that's the problem is it all feels samey like it's cyclical. Everything's doing the same thing over and over again. So, like, if I we were going forward in Star Wars after all this stuff, at like you know, maybe focusing on on the the First Order, you know, you know they're gone. What is what does that even look like? And, I feel like I mean, e- even though it can go uh, very wrong if you lean into kind of like the political side of things, you know, see the prequels, or it can go very right. If the dialogue's the good, it might work. Yeah, the political intrigue in Andor is absolutely amazing, right? It seems like what makes the most sense is you got to look kind of like at this rebuilding phase, right? Mm-hmm. What's it look like when you try to construct, um, you know, a, a legal system it, or a democracy, right? And do you How know do you rebuild it? And do you know what show was doing that the best, or series of shows? That? That's Mandalorian. Mandalorian is really focusing after the the, the fall of the Empire, right? And like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we have these new Rangers of the new, the the show that we're going to talk about being canceled here. And it's like Rangers of the New Republic. Like they're trying to do X wing stuff. Like they're trying to police it. They can't do it. There's still mercenaries and bounty hunters out here. Um, but like you know that that's doing well. I, I agree. Take that to the movie level, right? Take that stuff put it into a, a very, very high-end movie and, and start going forward. Well, uh, Finn was the one of the characters um, explicitly affected by kind of like this gray area of war in that second film. Uh, what was Ryan Johnson's movie called? Uh, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. The, the Last Jedi, right? He was the one exposed to the fact that, like, there's this gray area of just, like, arms dealers that – don't care who they sell mm-hmm. to. It doesn't matter. They're just there. They for went the to Ve- they, so. he, went, he went to Vegas for part of that movie. Yes, exactly. I, I, it looked so identical. Maybe, 
Yeah, so maybe that's John Boyega's thing yeah. to do. Like, he knows that there's still, like, scummy people the, out there in the world, yeah. whether or not, you know, the grand evil has it, been defeated. And, and that's kind of, um, again, not, not to liken again, but that's what Boba Fett was. There's a power vacuum, right, in, in, the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the universe after, you know, the galaxy and the first were, like... I don't think it'll be some big corporate thing, but like, yeah, we need to find out what that power vacuum is and, and who, who's out there doing what I, you could probably have Ray show up, you know, as, as a, as a force wheeler, maybe, maybe even, um, I don't know. I don't know if Ahsoka's out there in that, that age range yet or not, but like, um, we don't, we love lightsabers, but if we've learned anything lately, it doesn't all need to be lightsabers. Right, like mm. it, it can actually be story focused in Star Wars Land and be pretty good. At the end of the what day. story in Star Wars? Yes, yeah. I know, I know, Heretic. I know, Heretic. I know, I know. <laughs> well, moving on, let's talk about the other part of this. There is another Star Wars rumor going around that Dave Floating John Favreau are working on a new unannounced series out there. Um, now we know Rangers of the New Republic was taken off the you know release slate um, pretty quick quickly after it was announced due to um, you know the firing or I guess leaving of Gina Carano, um, who's going to lead that. So they are supposedly working on this new one, and it is the code, and it goes under the code name Ghost Track 17. However, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> no one does, so I was trying to figure that out. But, like, you know, um, the, the, my my theory is is that this show is the one that they're, these are all coming together, right? They, they mentioned that at all these Star Wars celebration events, right? You know, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka... Uh, what, what's the other ones? Um, whatever shows they're working on, um, they're all a skeleton crew. They're all supposed to be coming together and like you know, merging into like a big event kind of thing. Um, I think this this show might be the big event show that they're working on finally. Yeah, I, this is probably the one that has um, Paul Sung uh, Sun Young Lee in it. The the guy from Kim's Convenience, and he's also going to be um, yeah. the Uncle Iroh in the Avatar live action. Avatar: so, The Last Airbender. People, don't get, yes, it, don't yes, your, yes. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> yes, don't get it twisted. Uh, legalese, copyrights, trademarks, mm-hmm. whatever, you, whatever disclaimers you need to put out mm-hmm. there in the world. Yeah, um, but yeah. So they're they're, yeah, they're working on a show, it. but like they have they have a gap open, right? Some budget free, so. Um, Maybe it'll be like a planet-wide thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, scale it back from multiple planets and ecosystems. It seems like it, Mandalore. It's Mandalore. I, my guess is it's all for the like the 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 future of Mandalore will be decided uh, by all these people. You know, and we're we're I think we're lucky in a sense where um, I feel like the only time we've really discussed or talked a lot about Mandalore was in the Clone Wars era. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was the the cartoon or whatever. Right, so theoretically, Mandalore maybe could be its own independent, successful, you know, planet in the future of Star Wars. Right, you know, theoretically, we could have Finn, yeah. you know, or a future Star Wars property, or maybe I guess I, I I hesitate to say current because like that doesn't really make any sense in a far far away galaxy, right? But right, right. you know, Mandalore could still persevere. And be out there in the future and unaffected by everything else. So, well, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens on this planet. Yeah, yeah, because Mandalore is currently like it was glassed at the end of the the Clone Wars, like completely destroyed. So, like, what what's that look like after the Mandalorian show wraps up or, or gets mm-hmm. you know to to a, it can't be all about the Mandalore dark saber forever. So, um, hopefully that does that. That reminds me, the Bad Batch season two is out. I was going to watch that if we recorded later, but I did not. So, I'll, 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 I'll come back to that next week. I was like, I woke up and I'm like, I'm not, I can't watch this and record uh, at the same time. 
But yeah, so Star Wars seems to be moving forward. Again, no official announcements. Um, is Star Wars Celebration every year? Someone's probably telling me um, through, through the show, like, yes, yes, it is, Chris. You're, you're, you're an idiot, uh, and it's every year. Let me see. Yep, 2023, Mike. It's in Europe. It's in Europe this year. So we can't go, but maybe next year. Um, so we'll probably get some more stuff with that um, when it comes out. I'm trying to figure out the dates. Oh, April 7th, Mike. We are three months away from this. We're not too bad. We'll, we'll be, get some Star Wars information. Probably the announcement of this production kicking off at the same time. So, uh, for the movie. But, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Dave Batista, we've talked about this forever. He just doesn't, after, you know, coming to, I think, a bigger success in movies with the first Guardians of the Galaxy, he's always been, like, very negative about the experience. Uh, and he's, like, finally out there again because he's got the knock at the cabin. Uh, he just came off the holiday special, which was a whole show about him, but he is apparently done playing Drax after Volume 3. Um, you know, it could be because he's in makeup all the time. He says the character's silly. He wants to be taken as a serious actor with comparisons to, to The Rock lately. Probably, you know, wouldn't probably wouldn't feel good if I was him. But uh, Well, I mean, I feel like most of the ire that maybe people remember or extrapolate from is when uh, James Gunn was going through his very temporary firing. cancellation phase yeah. over at, uh, uh, at at Marvel, and Dave Bautista was an, uh, an avid, staunch Gunn supporter and yeah. was saying, oh, I'm not going to be in these movies if, if he is not in charge. So that's probably maybe where a little of it started. I haven't really seen much of it on my end. But, yeah. you know, I, I think just with any actor, you're not going to stay with a franchise, you know, forever. And he's out there getting lots of different types of work, which I think is really, really cool. He'll play any type of character and any type of uh, franchise. He's just down to have a good time and just play really interesting characters. Uh, so, but I, I think I'm just, just hard not to read the writing on the wall, right? That is Drax dying. It, it's, yeah, like you three. wouldn't go out and say, I'm not playing him anymore if. If you weren't going to be like... Yeah. And it's like, we know canonically with his character, yeah. he has, like, no family. Like, you mm -hmm. know, he has no no wife, no kids, yeah. even, like, that, the, the off joke of his cousin dying in the holiday special, right? Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, and that would probably be if I was to write a character off and give him a good send-off, right? Um, you know, because, you know, even if he doesn't like Drax and he's a silly character, he's, he's been in, you know, the Avengers movies, he's been in all this stuff, is would be to... If he dies, you get to see him end up with his wife and child and whatever afterlife. You know, they're going to show us in this movie, right, at the end of the day. Like, he, he yeah, gets to go maybe. off and be with him after after everything for doing good in the world. Because um, when you meet him, he's, he's just a big ball of anger. So um, I, I think that would yeah, be a good it, way to do that. Yeah, it could be something like that. But, yeah, just, like, thematically, right, just makes the most sense. Now, it could be, like, a bait and switch, right? Maybe Gunn is, like, leaving red herrings through the entire movie, and it's almost making it obvious that Drax isn't going to make it out. And then at the very end, when you think he's going to die, he survives, but then comes to, um, like, a realization of, I'm going to retire, you know, I'm going to settle mm -hmm. down. It was it was nice hanging out with you guys for, for a little while and saving the galaxy. So that could be a possibility. But, yeah, after seeing that, that Gunn is okay with killing off characters, right, with uh, Yondu, yeah. it would be hard-pressed to... To not see a impactful death in this one, so yeah, yeah. Uh, signs keep pointing to Drax, unfortunately. So mentally prepare yourselves just in case. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because I was looking, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the his his interview here, and um, he's it was it's, it's glass onion interview. That's what it was. I was like, what was he in? He's been in a bunch of movies lately. Um, so yeah, he just uh, yeah, he doesn't want to be compared to The Rock, but The Rock. 
we don't have it in here, but that, this, this Black Adam thing is getting crazy. Did you see where, like, <laughs> now The Rock's like, he's like, I'm the one who, who you know, I'm the only person at the company who, who is okay with failing. And after he, like, talked a big game of, like, no, we're successful the whole time. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing over there, man. <laughs> he's really grasping for straws. Oh, boy. Okay, an update on last week's news for Black Panther Wakanda Forever is not January 20th. That was a rumor. It'll be uh, on Disney Plus February 1st. So, um, kicking off Black History Month as well. So, yeah, that yeah, makes that, sense. Yeah, that makes makes sense. We'll see if... Uh, I'm curious if there'll be any, like, extras dropped in that week. I'm not necessarily saying on the um, Wakanda Forever Disney Plus Extras tab, but I feel like... The symbol is usually... It's streaming. Yeah, or there's, like, you know, YouTube you know, featurettes that make it out there mm-hmm. that give you a little bit more context. So well, this we'll, movie... We'll let you know if anything like that. Drops. I would not be surprised if this movie doesn't get a whole fucking, um, like, a, a behind the scenes, like, a tribute to Chadwick Boseman and, you know, the journey to Wakanda forever. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, I don't think, like, a couple featurettes are going to really cover it, um, you know, based on everything we know, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted when that hits next month. The DCU. Um, so apparently, uh, James Gunn has announced he is writing an unannounced DC TV show. So we don't know what it is, the character is, but he is writing another TV show for DC. And I th- ask you, Mike, is he doing too much of the own, yeah. like of the production? Like, shouldn't yeah. you just be like giving it out to people? Like, hey, go go do this for us. I mean, I I feel like if I was in his position, right, to be kind of you know half in charge of everything from a creative point of view, you might be in the perfect position where it's just like, oh, I can get stuff made that I want to see and maybe I only have to write a little bit of it right. Mm -hmm. You know, like if it's a TV show, I could easily see him writing a pilot of it right and then sending it off to like, you know, an executive producer or like a showrunner right here. You make the rest of it. I did the pilot. Uh, you know, go ahead and run with it. We know he's writing a Superman movie. I could almost see that as just like, you know, maybe just a lifelong thing he's always wanted to do. He's finally in charge, so he gets to put himself in the position to write a Superman movie. So, but yeah, I don't think this is like a tenable thing to do, right? You know, I know Kevin Feige is only one person, but he's not out there writing anything, right? Well, he, yeah, he, Theoretically, he, if there was two Feige's, would one of the Feige's have enough time to write stuff? Well, Maybe. I, but I think Feige knows what, you know, he knows what his job is and what he's doing. He's always been a producer. He's never been a writer. Um, you know, James Gunn's a creative. And, you know, again, my thing is he does good stuff, but sometimes unchecked, it's not that good. So I'm like... You're in charge of the company, so of course you're going to greenlight your own shows, your own projects, rather than something else. So I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a little scared that you, you know yeah, you're doing that. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting to see how just our our feelings of James Gunn has just changed yeah. over the years? We still we really not, like the guy. Not nothing has, against like, him personally. Yeah, he has creative potential that we love. He makes us hysterically, gutterly laugh with some of the stuff that he nails on the screen, right? He even knows how to play to the emotion drama of a scene. But every creative needs, like, I don't want to say a muse, but you do need somebody just overhead that can look at it from a different perspective. Just like, okay, I think you're just a little into this scene a little mm-hmm. too much. So maybe Saffron will be the check and balance that we need. Yeah. But it's all. It's all going to be interpersonal right. relationships at that point in time, right? There's no like, there's no like probably like 
contractual line that says, you know, oh, Saffron has this many no's that he can say, and Gunn has this yeah. many no's that he can say, right? It's just all going to be how the vibes yeah, are going it, on. But yes, I agree with you, Chris. <laughs> Unchecked Gunn, very similarly to Unchecked Watiti, yeah. uh, goes a little too far into the silliness for me. So if somebody over there at any of these studios can dial back some of the silliness and reconnect these creators mm-hmm. to more well, of their humble roots, yeah. I would appreciate well, that. Well, on top of that, he, we know he's already working on Peacemaker Season 2 as well, right? Um, so, Ooh. like, two shows and a movie while also overseeing the next 10 years of the DCU is, mm-hmm. again... Uh, I just don't think I think he should like you know that that's you know we always talk about big companies buying things up and like you know or people taking jobs. He's like, look, just give the give the show to somebody else. Write write the the draft, work with them, and let them work on it while you go oversee the quality of everything else. Because mm-hmm. you know it, it's 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 crazy. But again, nothing bad against him. You know, we we, we talked about Peace, Peacemaker's a fun show, not a perfect show because there's some unchecked moments in there, but like still a good show, right? At the end of the day, we liked you know the Suicide Squad. Everything he does is not bad but like cons- red flags here and there we- we've seen this with mm-hmm. other things so um the other part of this is he mentioned that there will be a partial dcu slate reveal later this month so mm-hmm. we will finally get to know some of the first projects announced right because they got to get those in production we have three dc projects left this year um shazam fury of the gods the flash and aquaman so after that we don't know what's next um for the DC connected universe, will this reset it? Will this be, you know, are th- are these movies going to redo that? I don't know. I'm excited to see this. At the yeah, end I mean, of the day. we only we only have roughly three, you know, media weeks left in yep. in this month, so uh, we'll be hearing about it soon. Quite possibly, maybe even next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he might just get on Twitter and reveal it. You never know with this guy <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, could be. Um, for that, but one of the movies on on you know this year is the Flash. We've talked about this. You know, we we've talked in depth. Too many, so many different writers, so many release dates. Ezra Miller in trouble the whole time. However, we're gonna flip that script and say Ezra Miller might have a future as Barry Allen. Still, um, reports uh, were earlier this week that you know the people in charge, executives, producers, whoever, um, are okay with him continuing because he checked himself into rehab after you know what the eighth time he got in trouble, however many times he got in trouble and hasn't caused any more trouble since then. So that's, that's a positive, right? Like he's seeking self-help, but I don't, I don't know about the, um, it's, it's strange, right? Cause we're just, this is one of those situations where we're just never going to know the full yeah. truth because it goes really into the, the personal well being of a human, right? You know, uh, Ezra Miller's obviously done some like really wild stuff in the headlines, right? So, how do you undo all of that? How do you make peace? How do you move forward well, in your career? All... I mean, I, I suppose this is a start. We haven't really talked about any crazy headlines from Ezra Miller since I want to say summer last year. So, I don't know, it was like six months enough of a trend than where you can project the future i don't know the but it it does make me think that maybe there is quite a lot happening in this flash movie that they would like to keep moving forward i will say possibly but the problem with this is everything in the dc has been overshadowed by james gunn and peter saffron taking over mm-hmm. so even if he was doing something in smaller headlines this is what we've all been talking about, right? For, for a very long time. Um, so I, I, I want it to see good. I want to see them do good. But like, 
is the Flash in James Gunn's plans, you think? Like, I think that's the question. Like, is he, is his slate involved the Flash at all? And and if yeah. so, is it is it Ezra Miller? Is it a, a Wally West? Who Who is it? What is it? Yeah. Kind of fit in there. Well, it's the DC Universe. At some point in time, the slate is going to involve the Flash in some way, just like it would involve, like, Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We, just, this movie just needs to come out already. I just need to ingest it. We need to see the reaction of people out there in the world. The easiest thing to happen is uh, if this movie is just absolutely bad, right? It, it could be a possibility. A lot of these DC movies have been. Yeah. It would be very, very easy to just write this off and not move forward. But if it's really good, it might be worth maybe putting up with a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested um, to to watch this. I'm trying to find the, the link was taken down, by the way. Um, but anyway... Uh, there, there's a fandom teaser that we, that has been released in HD quality. I thought we already watched this fandom teaser. Like, were there secret fandom teasers for these movies? I don't know what this is. Yeah, yeah this kind of feels like maybe a clip that's like played in front of like an audience, like at Comic Con or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, I watched it and I had the same feeling of like, did I see this already? Yeah. Uh, not nothing really revealed. Like there wasn't any like footage or concept art that we haven't seen before. I think it was just kind of more of like the affect from the actors in the movie talking to the camera, yeah. where uh, Ezra Miller was like, oh, there's so many Batman in this movie, it's crazy. And then there's kind of more hype talk of like. This is going to be the biggest thing to happen to the DC film universe yet. Well, the only which a lot has happened since that that well, phrase was uttered. That's the, for sure. I will say I I'm so excited. Right? This is the return of Michael Keaton as Batman because Batwoman mm-hmm. was canceled and like deleted uh, from from the, the universe. <laughs> um, you know, we have two Flashes and a Supergirl. Right, that they are going to take. You know, we know Michael. They even say this way. Michael Shannon is in this, returning as Zod. The, the the father of Supergirl. So, like, there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff in here. And I'm very excited that Warner Brothers has decided to return to the Super Bowl next month and um, give us a trailer for it. Like, the first good trailer. I'm, I'm excited to see the... I, I want to hear that, that Danny Elfman score. I want to see from the imagination of Tim Burton, Mike. I know we got to <laughs> see that. Um, you know, all that all that stuff from Michael Keaton's era. I'm really excited to see that back on screen. Uh, and hopefully it's not relegated to a post credit scene. Where he's like, it has to do something with that flash. I just know it. No, <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, we had that video uh, here uh, in there, and you, if you have any thoughts on the flash, let us know. On the flip side, there's one more flash. The series is still going, Mike. There's one more season left. We are in season nine, the final season, and it will see the return of Stephen Amell as the Green Arrow for this. And Amell was like, "How? It doesn't matter. Why? It doesn't matter. It's just a good time." He 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 really. Uh, I've not. Has he been in anything other than that wrestling show since? Um, I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up with Amel, but yeah. The Flash or a lot of these CW shows, once they get kind of like to the fourth or fifth season, it's very much whose line it is anyway, yeah. where everything's made up and the points don't matter yeah. anymore. Uh, especially in the universe that they created over at the CW, where there's universe, world jumping, time travel, loosey goosey, mm-hmm. uh, very easy to slip in and out of those things. I have not watched The Flash in a while, but this definitely seems like something it's- where. I still won't watch it, but I will definitely go find a recap video on YouTube so I can feel like I watched them all. Yeah, so this is um, a shortened season; it's not a full season. I believe they're trying to bring back like all like the you know the, the actors, like the greatest hit actors, like through this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, the fun fact is obviously Barry Allen um, 
the uh, Grant Gust, played by Grant Gustin, play debuted in season two of the Arrow. So, um, you know, this is a little the fact that Mel's coming back as a character. I, I think he was in what Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever Crisis um, mm-hmm. crossover they did, and then you know he he was gone. So it's fun to kind of see some of these you know characters come back into this. So, um, I, yeah, like I, said, I might do a recap of this final season, but probably not the whole show because it's just someone running faster than him in a, in a different color <laughs> suit. Yeah, it could be fun to um, it could be fun to maybe just watch like the very last episode. Right? Yeah, uh, uh, just to kind of see how it all wraps. Up. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, hey, what 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 references to the the first you know season or two are, are thrown in here? So, um, yeah, very cool. Uh, we didn't talk about it, um, but what's that? The other show, Star Girl, wrapped up. Um, it's it's run last month in December. Um, apparently, on a pretty good note, actually, like cleaned up all its storylines so that was a plus um i would not be surprised if supergirl shows up in here as well um that from the other oh, yeah. spinoff show but um yeah anyway lastly um this i've seen some behind the scenes footage of or not footage like pictures of this movie um renfield uh with nicholas cage playing dracula and we got our first trailer this week um with nicholas holt and Nicholas Cage. We have two Nicholases in here. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> Holt is known for playing Beast uh, uh, or Hank McCoy in the X Men: uh, Days of Future Past, First Class, so on and so forth. Nicholas Cage is a crazy man who does everything silly, uh, and it looks to be um, a modern telling of um, Renfield, who is the I guess familiar for Dracula, going out and getting him people to I guess eat, suck their blood, whatever he's gonna be doing in this, and he's going to therapy because he wants out of this finally. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Nicholas Cage strolls in as uh, as Dracula at the end of it, and it's very Nicholas Cage fashion. I don't know what to make of this. Like, I I, I don't know the lore of this character, Renfield or, or Dracula, but I yeah. it looks fun. It, it, yeah, it was a fun trailer. It definitely seems like something that's maybe green greenlit off of the success of things like what we do in the shadows, and also the the reemergence of Nicolas Cage out of the, his schlock film era, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a fun trailer watch for me uh, because this is just something that I just... Normally when I see a movie trailer, when I'm scrolling through something like TikTok, I'll, I'll scroll past it just because if it's something I really want to watch, right, I'll, I'll watch it on my TV, right, yeah. on, a, on a big screen. But I was just like, uh, okay, what's this Renfield movie? Okay, I like Nicholas Holt. Um, he's in a Hulu series called The Great that my wife really likes, where he plays like this very, very silly, uh, like a Russian um, conqueror or something like that. So I was like, okay, I like Nicholas Holt. You know, where's this going? Like, okay, this definitely seems to be vampire adjacent, you know. And then all of a sudden, uh, the vampire shows up at the very end, and I was like, oh, okay, I wonder if they'll show his face. I wonder who it is. Like, oh, it's Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that's why people have been talking about this because Nick yeah. Cage is Dracula, and he's like playing like a very like sinister, like creepy looking. Like it's it's the whole like it's not just like the two front fangs. It's like a whole mouth grill. It's a like, no, it's a Nosferatu blades. look. Like it's really yeah. going back. It's not you, you. We're not getting Bram Stoker's Dracula where it's a Gary Oldman. This is the old Nosferatu style. Like. <laughs> yeah. So th- that was a really fun reveal for me. While you know I was on the toilet scrolling, I believe is yeah <laughs> where I saw this trailer. So yeah, this is fun. I'll I'll, I'll give this a watch. Yeah, and then it looks like um I'm looking up here. We're Renfield is the again he's been in all the Dracula stories uh, for forever, mm-hmm. but apparently he it looks like in this movie if he eats an insect he gets powers for a little bit, like um oh yeah there was like this that like yeah a power adjacent thing to it um yeah I guess you have to 
you have to have some sort of like advantage, right? If you're scooping up humans for food. Yeah. So it, it looks wild. It looks crazy. Again, over the top, silly Nicholas Cage stuff. I haven't seen anything since, you know, what was it? Willie's Wonderland that he was in, um, 20, 2020, So, um, I, well, I guess he was in the unbearable weight of massive talent. I didn't get to watch that. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? No, I I've, think... I've seen a little bit. I, I saw a little bit of it when I think somebody was watching it on a plane and a seat in front of me, but I was like, no, I kind of want to watch this movie at some point in time. So I, I tried to look. Yeah. I want to, I want to, cause that has, um, uh, the guy who's going to be in that the last of a show. It's a Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal in it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got, I've got my, my home, uh, collection so yeah the other thing i would say before we this is the last thing for the raptor show because we, you mentioned it earlier and i didn't want to interrupt you but i did see a post earlier that you know um even every time you say avatar in real life you have to follow up by saying the movies not the last airbender even though the movies made billions of dollars the last airbender still owns the streets and i thought i thought of you mike i'm like that's <laughs> that's what you want to do you don't need the money when you own the streets when you own everyone's mind so i thought it was funny yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I, I'm of two worlds. I love both of these. Mm-hmm. I love both of these avatars. There's room for fun. everyone to live in and say avatar. Yeah. And and, and like avat- no one's the n- last air. Yeah, the last Airbender fan accounts are celebrating because this calendar year, this calendar year, there will be new avatar out in the world. I don't yes. remember which one it was because there's so many projects swirling around. I think it might be the live action they, one that premieres. They have been. Year. They've not shown anything off of that in a while. So maybe. Maybe yeah, but hopefully they get something get out with that sooner than later for everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I figured that should out with you. All right, well that's the show for this week, Mike. People know what we're uh, what you're doing, what you're up to. Where can they get you at? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see your fun adventures at Ooh. CES uh, this weekend, where can they find you? Find me on uh, Instagram, Valdan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, um, as well. I, I had to put some stuff on Twitter. I saw you like my post, but like, that's the only way to get free swag on the floor. They want to do these social media activations. I'm like, fine. Mm. You, you can have my Twitter account because Twitter's going down the drain anyway, so... Anything I post in here doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, most people know about the show where they can uh, go listen to our Avatar review because it didn't post online on YouTube, but we have it everywhere else. Where can they get all those good episode goodies? Yeah, you can find everything that we do at SuperheroSlate.com. That's the place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see that kind of leaked DC fandom video, we got that in the notes. We got the first trailer for Renfield there in the show notes and our awesome upcoming release calendar. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love hearing from you reach out let us know what you're watching this year what you're listening to and if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week folks that's right we will see you guys next week bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe